Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Thank you. Thank you, Johnny. Yes, we are back with our number three here on a Wednesday edition of Sound Off. So, so far we have learned about the enormous cost of illegal immigrants coming across our border. We've learned about the horrific physical cost. Uh, We had four Americans uh, kidnapped in broad daylight in Metamora uh, last week. Four Americans, two of them have been found dead already. A third was beaten very severely, might uh, have permanent damage. And the other one evidently was not as bad. It was a female. Um, And now this morning, uh, the president of Mexico asks, or not asks, demands that the U.S. lawmakers, uh, you know, use caution against any foreign interference. Lopez Obrador has cautioned America against foreign interference, saying the incident was a confrontation uh, between groups and that the Mexican government is working on it. They're working on it. That makes me feel so much better. They're working on it. President Joe Biden has been warned against intervening in Mexico's domestic affairs by its president, Lopez Obrador. Uh, amid the latest development in last week's kidnapping. Well, you know, here's the thing. Obador, if you can't control your own crime in your in your drug cartels, uh, then maybe Teddy Roosevelt's got to get his Rough Riders together again and charge across the border. On Monday, Senator Lindsey Graham said he was prepared to introduce legislation that would set the stage for U.S. military forces in Mexico and designate certain drug cartels as foreign terrorist organizations. Hear, hear, hear. I would tell the Mexican government, if you don't clean up your act, we're going to clean it up for you, Graham told Fox News. Anybody find a problem with that? I don't know. I mean, our military is competent and should take the cartels out swiftly, the the uh, Georgia Republican said, make an example out of these monsters. Matamoros, the city in Tampa, uh, Tampalupas State, where the Americans had traveled to last week, has been a stronghold for the drug trafficking Gulf cartels, which has used the city as a key pipeline for moving illegal drugs across the border. Now, to show you how much the citizens of Metamorph- Metamorphos, uh, Matamoros are afraid of the drug cartels. The, these kidnappers took these Americans in broad daylight, right in the middle of an afternoon drive session in the middle of the city. And they dragged them out of a couple of cars, beat them, kicked them, dragged them over to a truck and threw them in the back of a pickup truck, all while other cars were waiting to pass by. Uh, and get on the city streets. And these cars just tried to pretend like they were invisible. And they were backing up slow as best they could, turning around, getting, wanting to get out of the way. They didn't want to. They didn't want these guys to turn their attention. And then, video of the evident uh, of the incident was shared on social media, showing men with assault rifles moving the four people into the bed of a pickup truck by the hair, if need be, dragging them. There's a travel advisory in places such as Tamalupa Lupus 
Uh, Since October, the State Department has issued a do-not-travel advisory for the state, noting that violent crime such as homicide, kidnapping, carjacking, and robbery is widespread and common in Mexico. You know what? Sounds like Lopez Obador needs a little help. And maybe we should be able to provide that when they're kidnapping American citizens who are just down there to try to... uh, spread a little money around and uh, buy a little uh, products, Uh, in this case, tummy tucks. I don't know. Anyway, let me get back to uh, what Mark called about. Mark from Moose Lake made a great, uh, you know, and I I just heard on our news again that uh, Governor Walls and uh, and his uh, sidekick, you know, the uh, uh, ever-present vice admiral or whatever the heck she's called, (laughs) I guess lieutenant governor, uh, they're going to get together and they're going to sign this uh, uh, sign this proclamation to give every kid in Minnesota, every kid in every school in Minnesota, free breakfast and free lunch, even if your parents are millionaires. Now think about that for a minute. Think about how much money we must have in this state. In the state of Minnesota, how much money, tax money, you have given to the state of Minnesota that they can just say, you know what, we don't care. You, you know, yeah, if it was me, i want to do something good for the kids that can't afford it, for the families that can't afford it. Sure as heck, I would stand in line and I'd be one of the first people to vote yay in favor of free breakfast or lunch for those families that are financially below the poverty level can't can't draw the the whatever i would issue cards for everybody in school so nobody would uh, uh, nobody would feel like they were out of place of course we'd give the cards to those kids that needed them and we'd charge the families of the car, of the car, for the cards that didn't need them but think about what you do when you give Free breakfast and free lunch to every student. People that are looking in from other states, illegal immigrants that are looking, and they've already been told, boy, Minnesota's a great state. If you want to come here, oh, they give they give so many things away. Oh, boy, hey, we got stuff. You should have seen the millions of dollars we made on this Feeding Our Future program. Holy moly. I bought a new Cadillac, I bought a new Lexus, I bought a new Jaguar, I bought property in Somalia, I bought uh, a home in South America. Oh my God, I made millions. What would you have to do? All I had to do is just cheat the government a little bit. I had to write down names on a pad of people I was feeding after school with this program, and of course I didn't feed anybody. (laughs) Three hundred million dollars, I believe, that group got away with there. Now we're going to give every kid in a public in the public schools, every kid, rich, poor, not so poor, every one of them, free breakfast, free lunch. It's not free; it's coming from your wallet. You are so rich, you're going to give the state of Minnesota more money. And what could they do with that money? Well, you know what. We got a whole lot of kids in Minnesota right now. In fact, as we reported earlier this week, 19 schools in Minnesota, 19, did not have one student 
that met the muster at their current grade level in math. They could not do current level, current grade school level math. Not one student. Couldn't we take some of that money and maybe do math remediation? Maybe hire some some specialists to work with those kids that are struggling, that are having a hard time with math. Oh, but we'll do that anyway, Brad. We'll we're we're still going to give everybody free breakfast and lunch because then they'll vote for us, you know. But we're going to give them free stuff, and then we're going to give them more free stuff later. And in fact, today. In uh, Minnesota Take, the all, all Things Political Minnesota, there's a great story, which I'm going to get into when I come back after my first break. Because guess what? Minnesota's government is so big and so robust and so full of money that we've decided we need another agency in Minnesota. And Tuesday, they opened up the legislation for a new state agency that would combine core children, youth, and family support programs to better serve Minnesota's children uh, took an important first step Tuesday. The House Children's and Family Finance and Policy Committee approved HF 2320 to split vote and referred it to the House Education Finance Committee. And I'll tell you what it's all about. But we're just going to have another new agency. We've got to have another new directors, another new supporters, another new workers. This bill appropriates $7.37 million in fiscal year 2024. Just to get started. We'll talk about it when we come back after this first break. KDAL. KDAL time is 123. It's 123. It's 33 at the Army Corps of Engineers in northeast wind at about 15 miles an hour. So it's brisk. It's breezy. It's uh, it's cold outside right now. And uh, we've got some light snow falling around the area. Not here in Duluth. I'm looking at the weather radar. Uh, there is some snow falling to our north and west and south. Twin Cities getting some snow. It's high school hockey tournament time. They always get snow. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like uh, Hermantown won the first game, huh? Do we have that final yet? Oh, not? yeah. Yeah. Hermantown beat Laverne in the opening round. Uh, what was the score? Was it 6 nothing or 7 nothing? I looked up, it was 4 nothing, And I looked up a uh, second later, and it was 5 nothing. And uh, Hermantown went on to win, and uh, they, so they advance now in the hockey tournament. Class A. Hermantown's Class A. Uh, becoming a powerhouse. Becoming? becoming? A powerhouse. <laughs> You know, it's kind of neat, though, because this is, uh, you know, the movie Hockey Land. Have you had a chance to see that yet? No, I have not. But that that has Hermantown and what? Uh, the, the the new Rockridge group, I think, yeah, isn't it? Was it? Or Evelyn was it just Gilbert? Gilbert? It yeah. was Evelyn Gilbert. But uh, it's a great movie. It really is. And it was just kind of surreal sitting at the theater in Hermantown. And then my wife and I went over to Skyline Lanes to have a pizza and one of the guys that played for Hermantown was there, and we talked to him. It was just, it was a, it was a great <laughs> did, afternoon. Did you I, ask him for an autograph or anything? Uh, I got a picture taken with him. Okay, yep, there you yep. go. 
Say, uh, just one more final thing on this. Uh, this, well, it, it, you know, if people want to talk about it, we'll continue to talk about it. But this, uh, on Monday, Lopez Obrador, the president of Mexico, evidently he's got new inside dope that we don't know. Because on Monday, he did not mention the cosmetic medical procedure that one of the Americans had purportedly traveled to Mexican for, instead offering a theory that the group had crossed the border to buy medicines, or in other words, drugs. There was a confrontation between groups, and they were detained, Lopez Obador said. How does he know that, that there was a confrontation between groups? The whole government is working on it. The, the whole government of Mexico is working on it. We're going to get to the bottom of this. And then we see the picture of the one poor little guy that was arrested that must have been the caretaker at the home where these people were beaten to death. And he's just thinking, what I, I just, they just they told me to keep an eye on these guys, and I did that. I'm here. Um Anyway, this this the, we have not heard the end of this by a long shot, but but let me just say, if if the shoe was on the other foot, if there were four Mexicans that came here to to do some medical procedures, and uh, they were robbed up on the streets of New York by a gang and beaten to death. Wouldn't the Mexican government be looking for retribution somehow in our country? So would the Democrats in Washington, D.C. They'd want an inquiry. They'd want to know what happened to these people. Exactly. The pol- oh, by the way, I didn't get to that, but the poli- when we're talking about violence in Washington, D.C., the D.C. council chairman what are you doing? just pulled legislation Monday that would have reduced okay. maximum penalties and abolished minimum penalties for various crimes. They pulled the legislation because they realize how unpopular the, uh, trying to do that is. And now the D.C. police chief, Robert Conti, has stepped forward and advocated for keeping violent criminals in jail in response to a question about the city, city's raising homicides. He said a couple of things. He said, first of all, he said, you know what? I'm really against masks, wearing, having, having people wear masks when they enter retail stores, you know, like uh, malls and places like that. Only robbers wear masks and those that are trying to hide from a disease. But we don't have that problem anymore. You don't have to wear masks to hide yourself from COVID. In fact, he is so true and it's so right. Let me tell you what happened to me Monday when I went to get some batteries for my hearing aids at my local VA uh, clinic right across the street from us down here in Brookridge. I first of all went in, I came to the front door, I went to put my mask on. I have a mask that my wife made for me that has a Purple Heart logo on it. I went to put it on and the guy said, oh no, 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 sir, you don't need to wear a mask anymore in here. The VA has uh, has uh, approved that uh, COVID has uh, died down enough that uh, you don't need to wear a mask. Bring your mask with in case a doctor in a confined hearing area that you may be in wants you to wear it in a closed closed area. But we don't require uh, veterans to wear masks anymore in the waiting areas, going in and out of the clinics or any any place like that. The VA has done that already. What the D.C. police chief is saying is, look, robbers wear masks. Stop wearing masks uh, when people enter 
commercial retail locations, and it will cut down the crime rate. Then the second thing we got to start doing is when somebody does commit a violent crime, lock them away for a long, long time. Not let them out with free bail. Not to have some government and or, or some quasi uh, freebie organization raise money to let them out on bail. No, lock them away. They're criminals. What we got to do if we really want to see homicides go down is keep the bad guys with guns in jail. Because when they're in jail, they can't be in the community shooting people. Gee, what a common sense approach there, Chief Robert Conti. Let's see, Chief Robert Conti, Washington, D.C. Police Chief. What we got to do, if we really want to see homicides go down, is to keep bad guys with guns in jail because when they're in jail, they can't be in the community shooting people. Is that real hard? Or shouldn't be. Now, let's switch to Minneapolis, Kenny. And you know what? We're going to go to, we're going to, go to our uh, bottom-of-the-hour CBS News. But when we come back, I want to tell you what's happening in Minneapolis, right down the highway from Duluth, about 140 miles or so. And it might be coming to a town called Duluth near you before long. But we'll, uh, as soon as we come back, I'll bring you up to date. KDAO. There's always been debate. Sound off with Brad Bennett. But what we've got now, I believe, is corruption. This is KDAL AM 610 and FM 103.9. KDAL time is 135. We're freezing at Duluth Sky Harbor Airport. 32 degrees and those northeast winds continue at 22. Now, through the rest of the day, there is going to be a chance of some snow, light snow here in the Twin Ports. The National Weather Service, Brad, is still saying we could see an inch of snow yet today, but but uh, haven't really seen much uh, snowfall here downtown, at least. Uh, but it looks like maybe some snow could be moving in, looking at the weather radar. So stay tuned for some possible snowfall in here, just in time to go home at rush hour, evening rush hour. Yeah, <laughs> Of course. Yeah. Just, just in time to cover the ice underneath it again. Now, the, so you might... Uh, again, yeah. it's a slim chance, yeah. but be prepared when you leave at the uh, end of the day here, leave work at the end of the day, you might run into some snowfall. So i got to ask you a question. One of our listeners, Greg, uh, sent me a note this morning and said, uh, Brad, license to drive to work for illegal aliens? He said, first of all, I think it's illegal for an employee, an employer to hire illegal or undocumented people, isn't it? Oh, this is not Friday. This is Wednesday. It doesn't matter in Minnesota. The Democrats, they change the rules. They don't care about rules and laws. Uh, Come on. It's Wednesday, not joke Friday. I'm sorry. I'm well, sorry. I okay. Just, uh, I but what do you make of that, point there. But yeah, but what do you make well, of that, though? Well, he's right. I mean, Greg is right. If if I own a business in Minnesota, let's say Midwest Communications comes in when they want to hire a new sales rep. They they will ask you, are you, you know, if they if they think maybe you can't speak English, whatever the reason, they'll ask, are you a legal citizen of the United States? Might ask that on the application. Are you a legal citizen of the United States? If you put no, they're not going to hire you because it's illegal for a business to hire an illegal or undocumented person. But yet we're going to give them a license till they can drive to a job they might have if they can find one. I mean, this is crazy, but this is the kind of things that Minnesota's doing right now. And let me tell you, 
we got a lot of people worried. I'm I'm looking at a picture of a black city councilor, a woman by the name of Latricia Vito. And she's worried, concerned, because the other day on the way back from work at, at City Hall at, at her place, she had some activist follow her screaming profanities at her. And she said, I was frightened out of my wit. A divided Minneapolis City Council committee on Tuesday decided to seek help from state lawmakers to crack down on threats against them and near takeover of city council meetings by protesters. The tense discussions came a week and a half after protesters so disputed, disrupted a meeting and accosted city council members that three of them filed police reports alleging intimidation. Now, you know, it's not just Minneapolis. Where's it happen right now? Right now, down in uh, Georgia, in Atlanta, Georgia, where they're trying to build a police academy f- facility. People are throwing fireworks and Molotov cocktails at police. But down there, they're rounding them up, and they are threatening to charge them with some real crimes that might lock them up for a long time. In these incidents in Minneapolis that Latricia Vutah was talking about, a group of protesters on the losing side of a series of votes forced a recess of the council when they shouted uh, down council members with profanities and statements about their families while several reached out over the dais where council members sat. In other words, tried to physically assault council members over the dais. Shortly after council member Latricia Vito and a member of her staff were followed in the skyway by an activist screaming profanities at them and, according to Vito's account, briefly trapping them on the top of a two-story escalator in an incident recorded by the activist J.D.J. Hooker, that <laughs> sounds like a phony name, Vito uh, on Tuesday said she had been granted a court restra- restraining order against D.J. Hooker. Also on Tuesday, a St. Saint, a Saint Paul City attorney, Lindsay Olson, confirmed that her office is reviewing the matter, which was forwarded by Minneapolis City prosecutors. Such referrals are common in cases where a potential conflict of interest could exist. At Tuesday's meeting, council members struggled between finding solidarity and, and empathy with the protesters amid tensions in a group generally divided between factions of left and more left, although a spectrum of members said they had personally been targeted with threats and bemoaned the state of affairs that's holding office has come to engender. In other words, they don't like necessarily being a city council anymore when they're being threatened and their family is being threatened with physical violence and profanity. So formal action taken during Tuesday's meeting at the Intergovernmental Affairs Committee were supported any efforts at the Minneapolis Capitol for changes to state law that would accomplish two things. Number one, allow for government bodies to more strictly regulate unruly conduct at public meetings without stifling the First Amendment right for free speech. Rights of the state open meeting. 
increased criminal penalties for assaults and threats of violence against public officials and their families because of their status as selected officials or elected officials. The committee approved this by an 8-4 to four vote. So they're starting to try to put some things in place. But, you know, when you let, uh, when you let the, the criminal element out and you let them burn a city a police uh, district and you let them terrorize an entire town like you did during the uh, Floyd incident, how do you get it back in the jar? How do you get control back in the jar after that's happened? Well, it's very difficult to do. So we'll be right back after Minnesota News with more here on Sound Off on 610 KDAL. KDAL time is 148. We're flirting with freezing. Uh, we're actually at freezing, 32 degrees still at the uh, Duluth Sky Harbor Airport, 32 on the air temp, uh, 22 on the northeast wind, so there is a wind chill of 19. And again, we do have some uh, snow that could fall and uh, be uh, accumulations very light, but it could create a little bit of havoc on the roadway, so pay attention to that as we move on through the day. Use caution when you're driving on fresh snow, for sure. You know, I'm ready for Friday, Kenny, and I got one I want to dump on you right now. Just quick. <laughs> dump? Okay. Sounds like you just want to get rid of it. It's just a yeah, throwaway I do. Joke. I want to get rid of this one because it's so good. It's just going to make you laugh between <laughs> okay. now and Friday. Sock it to me. What do you call a Christmas wreath made with $100 bills? Ooh, I don't know. What? Aretha Franklin's. I don't get it. <laughs> Oh, oh Freya, Aretha Frey. Oh, my God. Oh, that's awesome. Stand by. Oh, that is great. That is a great joke, Brad. I'm going to give you one of these. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'll have more like that Aretha Friday. Aretha Franklin's. Oh, that yes. is, that's a good one. Aretha Franklin's. I like it. $100 bills. Franklin's. Yes. I, I know you haven't seen many of those. Neither have I. No, but I have that's, <laughs> that's what they call them. <sighs> Okay, so listen. Um, you know, it's funny. It's I, I remember seeing today. my. I remember holding the first time I ever held a one hundred dollar bill. Oh yeah. And let me. Can I tell you real quickly? My mother Sylvia was dating a guy named Dave, and Dave and my mom and myself and maybe another sibling of mine. I was young, so maybe my brother and sister. We went to Sandy's restaurant on London Road. Now, okay. I, know, now, I know they had one in, in West Duluth. The Sandy's became Hardee's. Oh, yeah. And we yeah. went to Sandy's. And at the time, Brad, hamburgers were like 15 cents and a fries. Fries were 10 cents <laughs> and a pop was maybe 50 cents. So you could yeah. go and get uh, food for uh, a family of four and it probably cost you five, six bucks. Yeah. He yeah. gives me a hundred dollar bill. He says, you go in and pay for it. Wow, I'm holding a hundred dollar bill. Now this is nineteen seventy I don't know, one, maybe nineteen seventy. And I walked into that store with a hundred dollar bill and had the people I don't remember the outcome. They probably thought, is this a joke? I mean, you know, the bill came to five dollars and fifteen cents. <laughs> I'm given a hundred. 
Anyways, I still have that memory. Uh, you know, a lot of the fast food places now will not take bills like that, $100 bill. In fact, most of the McDonald's that I've been through recently, they have a sign right on the front uh, as you come in, uh, no currency more than $20 accepted here. Oh, all right. They just don't. I guess uh, so much fraudulent, uh, you know, fake money or whatever. Wasn't there Wasn't there a Sandy's down in Canal Park, too? No. No, that was, uh, well, it was the Canal Park Inn, but before that it was King Leo's. It was what? King Leo's. Oh, Wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Wasn't yeah, that yeah. the name of it? Yeah. King Leo's, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think you might be right. And then it became a Burger King. There was, you know, Nick okay. Patronus and the, his his crew had well, that. Well, of course, yeah. 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 Well, anyway, uh, I, I have had a fun time today, and it's been good for me because I, I was really tired at the beginning of the show after staying up and late, late, late last night watching the Wild try to pull one out. You know, we did get one point out of that contest because we ended the regular game tied. Good. So we each got a point. Jeez, that, so that, that was, was a good. hard game to watch. It was just, oh, it was an ugly game. Oh, back and forth. And and I don't know what's going on. This is the second time that I've seen Krill recently in a shootout at the end, miss yeah, the, miss yeah. the the net. He's got to get his yeah his touch back. And this was the first game in St. Paul for all the new guys. All the new guys are Swedes. Yes, and they yeah. come and, and there's no regular uh, regular um, time goal scored. There's no goal scored during regulation. No, so they didn't get that thrill and that excitement. Of uh, XL Energy Center, but oh well. boy, did you see? Did you see when our our new guy, uh, what what's his name, the the Swede that we picked up from Detroit, Sunquist, Lundquist, Lundquist or Lindquist, Lundquist. Anyway, he got hit with a stick right in the mouth. I mean, right in the mouth, and he went down. Boom! Uh, and of course, the guy got a penalty for high sticking, but. They followed him with the camera when he went to the bench. He went to the bench, he took his helmet off, and he licked his lips, like, you know, trying to find the blood. Licked his lips, then looked to his right, looked to his left, the two guys sitting on each side of him, and then he growled. He went, like, let's get back and do more of this. (laughs) I think I'm going to like that guy. (laughs) Well, folks, uh, we're just about out of time here. I'll tell you. More and more we are seeing cases in in Minneapolis and all over the country where people are getting angry that we are letting criminals out with very little, if any, justice being done. I think we have come to a point in America that we're going to see this train change tracks. We're going to see things start to... Uh, change when it comes to crime and punishment. I think we're going to get back to the days when you do the crime, you're going to do the time. Anyway, we will be back at it tomorrow. Don't forget, tomorrow we have the twins on again. Uh, So we'll be coming to you a little bit early. Uh, We'll be an hour earlier tomorrow. Uh, So stay tuned to that on Sound Off. And thanks to uh, Bruce Siski for the time uh, available there. But we'll be on a little bit early and off early tomorrow. So Come back to us then. We enjoy the time spent with you here and sound off on KDAO. Sounds like you're getting ready to leave. Uh, You know, there's a a queue, Brad. You're waiting for the music. Yeah. Yeah, A little early. You're close, but you're a little early. 
See, you know what's happening, Kenny? Uh-oh, my clock. Happening? I'm getting ready to change my clocks this weekend <laughs> and then move my clock <laughs> ahead already. <laughs> okay. Well, we're looking at the weather radar. We're still seeing uh, some snowfall that is just to the south and west of Duluth. And if this thing stays together, we're going to see some light snow. But uh, And that is the forecast. That's part of the forecast, some light accumulations. Hey, did anybody, uh, did anybody uh, call or write us in and tell us how we can watch the state tournament uh, hockey games? WDIO. Or anything? Uh, yeah, but I can't get oh, that. Oh, we don't care about you guys. I don't know, Brad. I'm sure there's an app somewhere. Look look into it. There's got to be something. If High I can School watch hockey. my granddaughter play basketball in Rosso. We'll see you internet. tomorrow. Your Twin Ports home for Twins Baseball.